Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. If you're thinking about den- uh, dinner tonight, highly recommend you go to Smoking Dave's. Uh, you're going to love their slowly smoked ribs, their brisket, uh, their pork as well. Uh, they have smoked meatloaf, smoked corned beef, but I got something for you to try. Try something called the heart attack. It is two jalapeno cheddar country biscuits filled with smoked bacon, hickory smoked pulled pork, topped with shredded cheese, over easy egg, house-made sausage gravy, served with coleslaw. How's that sound? That's like everything on the menu. Sounds unbelievably good. I've had a lot of things on the menu, including something you think is nuts. The chicken marsala is the best in town. Dave used to be a restaurateur. At other places, he has brought everything to one menu, Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Got to check him out in North Denver. Uh, something interesting, Mace, want to get to before we hit the lead. Uh, reporting out of Los Angeles, Will Smith broke the Film Academy's Code of Conduct. He was asked to leave the Academy Awards after he sucker punched, sucker slapped um, Chris Rock, but he refused to leave. He was asked to leave. And refuse to leave. I think this is going to be a developing story. Yeah. Um, so what would have happened then uh, if he had left? No one would have been there to accept the Academy Award. Yeah. Somebody. I mean, they would have just said we're accepting for him. Yeah. On on his behalf. But yeah. Well. Yeah. <sighs> the greatest moment of his acting career. He um, he vomited all over his shirt like 15 minutes before it happened. Like I said, they're both in the wrong. Chris Rock never should have said that, and he shouldn't have gone up, and Will Smith shouldn't have gone up there and slapped him. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. I don't want to suggest that uh, Broncos GM George Payton has been a mystery, but I want to point out a couple of things that he has done recently. Is it fair to say that many in the media, and I'm going to point the finger at us, not necessarily all pointed at me, but generally speaking, the media, we thought that the Broncos were likely going to hire Dan Quinn. Is that fair to say yes or no? It's fair to say yes. He hires, he hires Hackett. Is it fair to say the media focused on the Broncos are going after Aaron Rodgers? That's their guy. Is that fair to say? Fair to say yes. He gets Russell Wilson. The media focused on Chandler Jones being the edge rusher. Fair to say? Among others, there were other names, and Randy Gregory's name did come up. But the main name was Chandler Jones. Fair to say? Because he was, he was the bigger name and more accomplished, yes. But I don't think Randy Gregory was off the radar. Wasn't off the radar. But listen, Russell yeah. Wilson wasn't off the radar, neither was Hackett. But at the end of the day, right. Chandler Jones was most talked about in the media. Randy Gregory is now a Denver Bronco. Even at offensive tackle, people were talking about Lael Collins and some other guys. Who is it? Billy Turner. 
What does it say about the way Peyton does business that everybody's thinking one thing and he just goes the other way? Well, I, I think also uh, like the Dan, Qu- the Dan Quinn example, Nathaniel Hackett, by all accounts, just interviewed better. He did. And but we didn't I, know that. We didn't know that. We knew he interviewed I, well, but a lot of us, and I'm going to include me. If you don't want to include yourself, that's fine. Okay, you don't have to include yourself. We kept pushing the Dan Quinn narrative. They've known each other for a long time. They've wanted to work together. Uh, when uh, Quinn was not going to be hired in Chicago, Peyton said, I don't want that GM job. There were a lot of connections there. But Hackett right. was and, the, and, Hackett was I, the I, guy. Yeah, he, he 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 was the guy, and I and I think they may have gone into the process thinking that he, that Dan Quinn was likely going to be the co- going to be the coach that they hired, but then got a different vibe and a different feeling from the interview process that led them into in in, in another direction. I think also circumstances uh, led him in another direction because, as we're seeing. Offensive coaches are kind of the way to go now because it's quarterback centric. And if you hire an offensive coach, that means you're maintaining uh, the same philosophy. Whereas if you hire a defensive coach, you might and you do well, you might be changing that offense year after year because your offensive coach is moving on to another job. I understand the circumstances change. I said right from the beginning, Dan yeah. Quinn is the leader in the clubhouse. But if somebody blows away George Payton, he might become the new favorite. But at the end of the day, you and I spent more time talking about Dan Quinn. You and I spent pretty much every day for months talking about Aaron Rodgers. Circumstances were Rodgers wanted to go back. We didn't talk about Russell Wilson that much. Well, the one thing one thing about Aaron Rodgers was that he was much more public in his desire to leave, whereas Russell Wilson, it was definitely uh, more more on the more uh, kept on the down low. But we got hooked. But we got hooked. We as the media, I'll be the first to say, George Payton has made me look like a fool. If you don't want to come out and say that, that's fine. I will say it for me. But you and I do a show every single day, five days a week. We spent far more time talking about Dan Quinn, Aaron Rodgers, Chandler Jones, and anybody but Billy Turner at offensive tackle. That's a fact. I'm not saying that you need to say... Boy, he he's he kind of rope a me. You don't have to say he did it to you. He kind of rope a me. I say good for him. I feel a little embarrassed that I spent so much time talking about Aaron Rodgers and Dan Quinn. But that's what you and I talked about on the show a lot. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. Well, I don't feel the same sense of. Uh, I, I don't feel embarrassment. I think part of it is also with Aaron Rodgers. There were things happening with what he was saying where we where. There, there was stuff in the news in the public sphere that to which we were all reacting, and with Russell Wilson, it w- it went down a different path. And yes, the Broncos did have the Broncos did have interest in Aaron Rodgers, and if he had decided not to stay in in Green Bay, there uh, it would it would have certainly uh, thrown a, a wrench into things. I think one thing that is clear is that George Payton he can operate very quietly and he's got, and unlike John Elway, let's just face it. There aren't leaks coming out of the Broncos the way that there used to be. Right. We can find, I mean, granted there are certain, it, it, 
you can learn things after the fact. Right. But before, there is a pretty tight uh, uh, containment of things. And part of that is they, that there, are, that there are relatively few people who knew, for example, about Russell Wilson. I mean, there, there were a lot of people in their building who learned of Russell Wilson coming to Denver when the reports broke. Right. So because, if, you know, there's the old cliche, three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Well, you can't keep it, keep it that tight, but the, this number of people who knew that the Russell Wilson thing was a possibility, it was a very small circle and on an as-need-to-know basis. Until the very end, when Hackett and Peyton decided to go for some Mexican food, I right. think we thought it was going to be Dan Quinn. And Chandler Jones was still available when Peyton said, eh, I'm going to go with Randy Gregory. To your point, he keeps a secret as well as, and this is as high of a compliment as I can give him, as Pierre Lacroix. The yes. late Pierre Lacroix. Nothing got out of that. Or, nothing got out of the Avs organization. And you, you can make an argument, and I think it's legitimate, that he is the greatest general manager in Denver sports history. No and part problem. of the reason no why question. he worked so well was because he were was that he was able to work in stealth, right? And and you better not leak stuff out. Oh, and if you did, you were you were cut out. You you were out of the circle of trust if you leaked anything from Pierre. Well, I I, I don't mean to bring a group of people into this, but the Avalanche organization for many years is a French Canadian mentality. We oui, we. Oui that we keep it within our circle of trust. And if you even think of leaking this stuff, you're out. I'm not saying you're swimming with the fishes, but you're looking for a new job. Right. And that's the way Pierre Lacroix ran his ship. And Pierre Lacroix was nice guy. I always got along with him really well. But to me, Pierre Lacroix is the type of guy that would say, shoot the hostage. He's a hostage negotiator. Shoot the hostage. <laughs> George Payton doesn't have that same personality type. Right. He's not a shoot the hostage type of guy. Coming up after the break, ESPN's David Schoenfield gave offseason grades for every team in Major League Baseball. What does he think about the Rockies, specifically now that they have Chris Bryant? We'll tell you next. True and fair tales. And for someone else, but not for me. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good job playing the original Richie Valens song, not the one from the movie. Not Lou Diamond Phillips, but the original, right? Just playing off of a playlist that's 50s and 60s. Yeah. I don't know, don't know what movie or song you're referring to. Well, the movie La Bamba. Have you seen the movie La Bamba? Nope. Okay. So there's a movie La Bamba. Richie Valens is played by Lou Diamond Phillips, but this is the original song by Richie Valens. 
not Lou Diamond Phillips actually seeing it. Welcome back to the show. Goodman Mason. If you want to reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my guy and my friend, Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for well over five years. So whether it's commercial, auto, home, or life, he is absolutely the best. I do my auto with him, my home. We'll be doing my life insurance. He does my health insurance as well. And unlike a lot of farmers agents, he can do your health insurance as well. I also love that he's quick to return calls and emails, even does that on his day off. Customer service is a big thing. He really takes care of you. His staff has over 70 years of experience at Cook Insurance, the Farmers Insurance Agency. This is the group that you want to go with. They check in with you every single year to make sure that your policies are where they need to be. It's not just about collecting a commission check with Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group. They really take care of you to make sure that you get the right policy. Call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303 303- 790-8089. Okay, ESPN's David Schoenfeld graded the offseason for every team in Major League Baseball. He gave the Rockies a C-. This is what <laughs> Schoenfeld wrote. The biggest issue I have with the Chris Bryant deal is that the Rockies were basically bidding against themselves at that price. The Phillies signed Nick Castellanos and Kyle Castellanos. What did I say? Castellanos, Castellanos, Castellanos. Oh, I'm. Yeah, everyone knows that. Everyone knows his name because of the uh, the Tom Brenneman uh, slip up. Remember when he was trying to give the apology and in the middle of that, uh, and there's a drive by Castellanos and and it'll give the Reds a four nothing lead. (laughs) Ah, anyway, so Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber signed for less combined than what the Rockies gave Bryant. In the meantime. Randall Grichik at least allows them to move Charlie Blackman to DH. Jose Iglesias is either above average shortstop, according to StatCast, or absolutely horrible when it comes to defensive runs saved. How would you grade the Rockies offseason? Uh, I, I'd have because you have to you factor in, for example, lose, lose Trevor Story. Now, we knew that was coming, right? But- Probably could, but probably could have gotten more. I'm factoring in also what they could have gotten if they had traded Trevor Story last. Uh, no, you last can't. July. No, it's not. It's not last year. Okay. It's well, not last fine. year. I'll I'll give you another thing to factor in. We yep. talked about John Gray, right? Yep. They didn't give John Gray a qualifying offer. That was last year. No, but no, that was at that that was after the season. They didn't give him a qualifying offer. Okay. Right. That was a mistake. That, yeah, John. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm giving I. Because of that, I'm giving him, and also again the the call the bring in Chris Bryant. I think it makes people feel good. I just don't know that it's going to make a difference for him. So I'm going to say D plus. Okay, I'm going to go with a B minus, and I'll tell you why. They made a mistake with John Gray, no doubt about it. Trevor Story, he didn't want to come back. Period. This had nothing to do with what they could have offered him. He did not want to come back. I, I don't want to say that's not the Rockies' fault. Although the culture of the Rockies, 
they are responsible for, not winning very often, they are responsible for. They made a mistake with John Gray. I'm with you on that. Um, I, I don't think they valued him the way that other teams did. But they lose Trevor Story. I'm with you. They got a pretty decent bat in the, in the Bryant deal. At the end of the day, do you ever hear anybody say the Dodgers paid too much? No. Mets paid too much? No. Yankees paid too much? No. So, so that's your criticism, that they paid well, too much? Hold on. If he's good, if he's really good, then they didn't pay too much. Bidding against yourself, that is a problem. But at the end of the day, if he's pretty good, it doesn't matter what you paid him. Well, but here's the thing. Those you just talked about franchises that operate with financial impunity, right? That if they if they get a decision wrong, they're not going to close the wallet for years on end because they screwed that up. They're not going to say, well, we we missed on this, so we're we're gonna do that. Whereas, you know, with the Rockies, for example, if you know they, they get in these patterns where when something fails, the reaction is okay. Well, we're not going to spend money that way ever again. No, and, or, no, no. Or, or you, at least for several, sorry, for several years. Sorry, wrong. You're going back to Denny Nagel and Mike Hampton. Let let's let's get out of let's get out of something that happened 20 years ago. But that's their that's their philosophy. I mean, like for example, the the bullpen acquisitions of 2018 they didn't work out. And, and you know so, what? They were all and so, really and they were all really good pickups. All of them. They, At they the were, time, they, they, you could not have argued that yeah. Mike Dunn was a bad pickup and Shaw was a bad pickup and the, the guy that they – Wade Davis was a bad Wade pickup. Davis. They yeah, were all the, good but, pickups at the time. But what they what, what the Rockies have been historically is – This isn't historic. No, this no, is what no, they've done no, now. No, no but, I, I'm, but I'm talking about their overarching philosophy here. So if Chris Bryant comes in and does not live up to this massive contract value yep. – you think when the time comes that they actually have a chance to contend that they're going to spend money on a part like that again? Well, they kind of did with Ian Desmond not too long ago, and that blew up in their face. So, yes, I, I would disagree with you that they made a foolish decision bringing Ian Desmond, and years later they spent even more money on Chris Bryant. But Spending is not out, the problem remember, for the Rockies. They, lucked, they also lucked out with Ian Desmond because he voluntarily chose not to play. That has nothing to do so with it. It was a bad. They got. Sign. They got. They got. Ba they got bailed out on that. His his contract, I believe, is up anyway. No, but they got bailed out. They did not have to pay him all of that. All of that seventy million dollars because he forfeited. Because it, instead, instead of being a seventy million dollar albatross, it was only forty five million. That was not the kind of thing they ended up costing him in the end. Okay, not greatly. The point is, they spent on Ian Desmond. They made a huge mistake. If for some reason Chris Bryant is a huge mistake, then they wasted a lot of money. Bidding against yourself as a businessman, I do have a problem with. But if Chris Bryant has a pretty good season, are you going to come on the show and say it was a good pickup? Are you going to give him better than a D minus, uh, D plus? Well, it depends what he did for the outcome of the team. If Chris one, one player doesn't decide the outcome of a team, it's how well, you no, hit. If the guy slams 30 home runs, drives in 110, and bats above his average, which is, say, 275, it's a pretty damn good pickup. 
Yeah, but here's the problem. If they go, if that, if all that does is take them from 74 and 87 to 76 and 86, what good was it? They're still muck. They're still mucking around uh, the the lower middle tier. When probably the best thing that they can do is tear down, rebuild the farm system, and yeah, it might be a painful three or four years. Who are you trading to rebuild the farm system? You don't have anybody. Well, that's the point because they didn't trade Trevor Story when they had the chance. It's one. It's one miscalculation of their place in the baseball universe after another. I'm with you. They should have traded Trevor story. That's not, and then they should have given John Gray a qualifying offer. So at least if he does go somewhere else, they get something rather than nothing. Listen, I like John Gray. I do. And I like him personally. We talked about it earlier in the show. He's not worth $15 million. He's not, he's not. I watched him pitch his whole career. He's not worth it. He's so hit or miss. And but if they, and you certainly, qual- if and, they had given him a qualifying offer, they might have gotten something back for him. Maybe instead of getting nothing. Fine, you you, you get it. You get a pick. Whoopee! You get a pick. You get a pick. They don't have anything better to tra- than nothing. They don't have anything to trade of any value to restock their farm system. Well, Bill, Bill they, Schmidt's yeah. now in charge, and oh yeah, by the did. way, they, 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 bringing they chose in not to tra- trade him, bringing in Grichik. Much better than having Ron uh, Tapia. At least you potentially have some pop in your lineup. Now, now you have three guys who have four guys in your lineup that have some pop. Four guys. You have Grichik, who has some pop, strikes out too much. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Chris Bryant is in your lineup. Cron, we'll see how he plays. And then you have Ryan McMahon. At least you have a lineup that you don't look at and say, hey, we'll throw out our number six starter today and still probably win. Yeah, you got you got some you you got you got some pop in the in the, in the lineup. You also have Correct. a guy who is uh, who's coming off his worst OPS season since his rookie year. By the way, I'll go back to I'll go back to John Gray. Who, who are you starting, Marquez or Gray? Quickly, who are you starting? I'm starting, I'm starting Marquez, but my that that doesn't change. Hold my on, point. hold on. No, that doesn't change. Let me that finish. Change my. Let no, me fit. Let me finish. No, you're, what you're, I know what you're trying to do. You don't, but that doesn't change my point over that you could have gotten something back in the form of a draft pick. And by not giving a qualifying offer, you got nothing. Okay. I won't debate that. John Gray was the number four starter on this team, period. Period. So the fact that he's starting for Texas, what the hell does that say about their rotation? He's no, nothing more than the fourth starter on this team. He is behind Marquez, he is behind Freeland, and finally, he is behind Senzatella, who looks like this guy could finally pitch. He's the number four starter. I'm not paying that guy $14, 15000000 No way. Are you? I'm giving him the qualifying offer. I won't, I yes. won't dispute that. But honestly, yeah. with the way the Rockies have drafted, what the hell does it matter if they get a pick or not? We'll see what happens now that Bill Schmidt's making the decisions. Listen, I've been as critical of the Rockies as anybody since I have gotten to this market in 2004. Chris Bryant, he he's an upgrade. Grichik, power, more strikes out too much. Upgrade. I laughed at C.J. Cron. Upgrade. Ryan McMahon is starting to finally play. That's really good. No one's going to fear this Rockies lineup. But if you don't get Bryant and you knew you had to pay and you don't bring in Grichik, this lineup is a flat-out double-A joke. 
That's not D plus to me. But the thing, but all the other thing also, and it comes back to comes back to value, kind of a, a point of this. Last year, Nick Castellanos was was a better player than Chris Bryant. Okay. Right. Okay. And you could and you could have had him for less. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Castellanos has an MVP on his resume either. That was, a long, that, was that was what that was that was six years ago. Okay, you're right. It was a while back, but at the end of the day, the guy still has pop, and where is he going to pl- be playing his home games? Coors Field. Right. And yeah. have, we'll play half of them away from Coors Field, and we know about what happens when players get here. They end up having they end up having massive splits. Right. It's hard to adjust. Oh, fine. You know what? I'll take all the ding-dongs we can get here. Yeah. Right? How many home runs just, does he hit yeah. this year? How many, how many home runs does he have to hit this year for you to say, you know what? It was worth bringing him in. Uh, depends. It's not about home runs. It's about it's about whether he is actually a difference maker in taking this team from irrelevance to contention. Well, listen, we we both know bringing in Chris Bryant and Mike Trout is not going to make this team a contender when they're in the West. So, so that's what, a false is, narrative. We both is, know that bringing Mike Trout, he's not going to make that much of a difference. He's, and oh, by the way, hasn't made that much of a difference with the Angels either. Yeah, media mediocrity. It's it's the same in baseball as it is in the NFL. Media perpetual mediocrity is not going to help you uh, to, to to help you make that step toward contention. Sammy Sosa was the the biggest bat in Cubs history, and how many times they win the World Series to make the playoffs with him? Almost never. One bat yeah. doesn't make the difference. How many World and, Series did Barry Bonds win? He, uh, I don't think he won one at all. Exactly, now, that's he, my point. He was a, now he was a part of several playoffs. most feared bat in the modern day. But they, but he was a part, a part of several playoff teams. I just don't see Chris Bryant being a difference between this team going seventy four and eighty seven and suddenly being a playoff team. They're and not. Gonna, they're not going to be a playoff value. team. They're not going yeah. to be a playoff team. So, so what? So, so. So you do so nothing. That, so you do nothing. I spend that money. Oh, okay. Well, let's let's just keep our money and do nothing. And then, then, then maybe in the next three years, these draft picks will play out. I give them credit for doing something, for sure. They brought in a, be- a better bat. And I don't understand why Rockies fans have a problem with that, and they're complaining. They improved the team with this guy. They because improved they want, the team because, with Grichik. Because they, because they want to see a viable long-term core being developed that can actually sustain a contender instead of band-aiding the, the major league team so it can so it can be mediocre there's a lot of there's a, be middling there's a lot of Rockies fans who would who would like to take who would like to tear down develop a core and truly rebuild you know what I'll give Bill Schmidt a chance and I've been more than critical of him but stop it. This isn't the Jeff Breidich era anymore. Give the new guy a chance. And he's not a new guy anymore. And I'm not a huge fan of his, but I'm willing to give him a chance. Coming up after okay. the break, the Masters next week could add arguably the biggest name in golf. Period. And yes, I'm including Jack Nichols in that. That's next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. We have some breaking news, Danny. Why don't you tell us what's going on in the Nuggets game? The Denver Nuggets are currently beating the Indiana Pacers <laughs> at the end of the first quarter by a score of 43 to 15. 43 to 15. That is nuts. See what happens when I, pick them to, when I pick the Pacers to win on the point spread. I say the Pacers are going to yeah, – the Nuggets, Nuggets are going to win, but the Pacers are going are, are gonna, to are gonna cover. No. Nope, is that happening. crazy? Is that crazy? Wow. And the MVP is sitting, uh, sitting at 12 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. And he's probably not going to get – he's not going to play much more. No, I'm sure he'll get out there so that he bit. can get the triple-double, and then once he does that in two quarters, they'll sit him down. Well, knowing the Nuggets, they'll find a way to watch that lead of that. It could be the most exciting third quarter in Indiana yep. Pacers history. Yep. All right, the uh, golf world, a buzz right now. Tiger Woods played a practice round at Augusta National, stoking rumors that uh, Tiger could compete in the Masters next week. With that... What would you consider a good showing for him if he does play? Makes the cut. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But here's the thing. What if he doesn't play well as a fan? Is it worth it? If you if you had a crystal ball and you know that he's going to go out there and go 78-78, which is something I would kill to have, would you really want him to play? No, so well, you, you sometimes you don't want to see your heroes look human, right? And if, and here's the thing, it's if he does this, like if he had not had the accident, if he goes out there and shoots seventy eight, seventy eight, when he's in his late fifties, it's you know what? It's a natural part of the process, right? Yeah, it's like okay. You know, but it, it's just good to see Tiger walking Augusta, like like how you know we'd see you know Jack Nicholas uh, most of his final times at Augusta. I mean, there was an occasional year where he'd make the cut in his fifties, and uh, everyone go, "Hey, wow, the Golden Bears!" You know, the, the Golden Bears having a good showing. But uh, in general, like when you see in general when you see Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas when they got older, and now when you see uh, players in their fifties now, it's just about seeing them. But Tiger Woods, if he had that kind, those kind of numbers in the in two rounds and missed the cut, we know it wasn't an actual part of the passage of time. We know it was because of the accident. Okay, let me ask you. That's painful to see, I think. Let me ask you something. Okay, let's say Tiger does play and he is in contention on Sunday. Sake of argument. All right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You're a big Seinfeld fan. You probably know this number off the top of your head. Remember how many million people watched the final episode of Seinfeld? Um, I remember it was uh, it was huge. I think it was at least fifty million people. Forty-two million people watched okay. the final okay. episode of Seinfeld. All right, there would you go. You, would you like to know how many people watched 
the final round in 1997 when he lapped the field for his first green jacket? Tell me. Over $40 million. Mm. So if Tiger plays on Sunday and he is in contention, is it over $40 million again? The only reason I'm going to say no is because the audience is much more fragmented than it was before. It's fair. Um, do I think we are to, like, of course he won the masters Yeah. in, in 2019 when he shot, when he shot 13 under, um, I don't know. I, do you know what the audience was uh, for that uh, Masters final round that that year? I'm going to look it up. No, I could tell you. I could tell you right now. The rating okay. was nine point nine when he won it. When he won it mm-hmm. in 1997, it was fourteen point one. Okay. I mean, and, and that was considered to be a terrific, a, ter- a terrific number when he won it three years ago. Right. Compared to most to compare to most golf. Nine point four five million people watched it. Wow. More fragmented, to your point. I by, mean by a lot, by you know, seventy five percent. I mean I and like for example, I mean it wasn't the same degree, but there was a bump for the PGA last year when Phil Mickelson won it. Yep. But even that was six point five eight million viewers. Right. So I, I don't look just because of the nature of where we are today in terms of the audience and what it is. I don't think we would see a number that approached um, what it was in 1997. Do I think we would see the biggest golf number in the last 10 or 15 years for an audience? I do. Yeah. If he if he if he is in, in contention, I mean, there are certain exceptional circumstances that that move the needle and kind of change things. I mean, we'll get into the final four uh, as, as as the week goes on. No, we won't. I ex- By who's playing? Yeah, ha ha ha. I expect <laughs> that. I, I expect that TBS may have the highest rate, high, the most watched program in the history of its network with Carolina and Duke on Saturday night. I have I have very little doubt that will be the case. Barely and if it were on CBS instead of TBS, it's kind of the, the I mean, CBS is probably cursing the uh, the contract gods that uh, they didn't that this was one of their occasional years where they don't get the final four. If it were on CBS, I think we'd probably see the highest final four number in at least 15 years yeah. for that game. Yeah. By the way, the Nuggets score is now 50 to 25. And, hmm. and uh, Jalen Smith is pacing the Pacers with six points. Well, that means if it's 50 to 25, that means the Pacers are on a little 10-7 run right now. Yeah, good job with the math. (laughs) What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? A new venture for MLB taking them international and some big news coming out of Fort Collins about CSU men's basketball. We'll get into all that on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Going down the old man with a Transistor radio Standing in the sunlight laughing Hiding high a rainbow's wall Slipping and sliding 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public for your next project, whether it's a deck or a fence or something like that, don't pay retail, pay wholesale. RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, CSU junior David Roddy has declared for the NFL draft, but is keeping his options open as far as returning for his senior season with the Rams. Where could you see Roddy being drafted if he leaves college this year? And where do you think he would go in the draft next year if he were to stay at Colorado State for one more year? You know, I think uh, actually we kind of saw some of the... uh uh, the, the limitations on Roddy kind of exposed uh, by by Michigan in the first ra- first round there. Um, I'd like to see him develop his per- his perimeter game just a little bit more because uh, at his height he's not going to be able to bang down low uh, when he gets to the NBA. So I, I I I think if he came out this year, probably looking at him early second round, I think he comes back, works on some aspects of his game. He can be a first rounder next year. Yeah, he's a fringe late first round pick, probably a second round pick. Here's yeah. the difference. If you're a second-round pick, there's no guaranteed money. Your first-round right. pick, it is. And, and that's it, the, the big, big difference. Yeah, there's a good there's a good chance if you're a second-round pick, you're playing, in, you're playing in the G League. Unless, you know, you're Nikola Jokic and you get a max deal. Or <laughs> you're Draymond Green and you get a huge deal. Very right. rarely think, do second-round picks make that type of money. I think it behooves him, uh, yes. him to, to, come, to come back because at – at his at his at his height, he simply isn't going to be able to be a to be a bull on the block, bull down low. And right. I think, as we saw again, we against a, a team with like Michigan that does have some guys of NBA frame. I think he was exposed a little bit. I think it's a good. I think it'd be a great chance for him to go back and work on his game. Play. Just in case you missed it, the Avalanche, the first team in the NHL to 100 points, won two to one in Calgary last night on a 44-save performance from Darcy Kemper, and both goals were scored by Valerie Nachushkin. How much of this win would you attribute to the emotion of a tough loss to Minnesota and the injury of Nathan McKinnon? I want to start this off. Apparently, the injury to Nathan McKinnon has been a little bit overstated because he was on the ice today firing slap shots, according to multiple reports. I thought I saw it was just wristers. Was it just wristers? I don't know. That's what I saw, but maybe you saw different reports than I did. Well, the, the report, the reports. The, the, I believe the, one of the reports said he was fired. shooting with full, full force. Unquote. Right. Yes. Full force. So that that you could not have gotten better news than that. That it, being said, kind of to touch on Danny Dan's question, I do think there was emotion involved, but uh, I think kind of a bigger thing is that. Darcy Kemper, to use the old cliche, we discussed the origin of the old cliche a while ago, he stood on his head. And 
frankly, given everything that had gone on gone on in the previous 48 hours and where the and where the Avalanche were injury wise, if he can turn in that sort of performance, that's the kind of performance that can show that he could be enough in goal to backstop this team to a cup. Here's something else to consider. They won that game on the road, missing two of their top three guys on their top line. Yes. And that's really, really impressive as well. And and I don't think that can be honestly overstated enough. And when you look at the standings in the NHL right now, and you look at what Calgary is in the standings, and they are only they're only how how many points are they have 88 and i yeah. understand the, the avs have 100 mm-hmm. but Cal- calgary is the second best team in the western conference right now yeah it's a, there, there there's a you're, you're gonna probably see them at some point in the postseason yeah. and that that was a, that was a statement performance last night I, I thought from from the avalanche especially considering what they were without that being said if let's say he has a strain instead of a, a, a fracture, yeah, sit him until he's a hundred percent. I was I told you this yesterday, Mace. I was told by somebody who is with the Avalanche on this road trip, and he said I think they are going to get totally blown out in this game. Right, and they wound up winning. Surprise, surprise. Just in case you missed it, MLB will launch Home Run Derby X this summer, a global tour featuring former stars such as Nick Swisher, Adrian Gonzalez, Johnny Gomes, and Giovanni Soto, as well as superstars of softball and women's baseball, and then rookies from the minors. Uh, These teams, representing the Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees, and Cubs, will compete in London, Seoul, and Mexico City in a home run derby with a team aspect. Uh, what do you think about this new venture for MLB? Love it. I mean, you're, t- you're, you're taking a cool aspect of the game around the world. I always love seeing that. You're going to watch it? I'm not saying I'll watch it, but then you don't love it. it. Well, if you love it, you watch I, it. No, I, but I love the fact that it's no. What I love is the fact that it's taking <laughs> it outside of the United States and uh, and Canada. That's what I love seeing about it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to sit down and watch it. People in Korea will love it because they love their baseball over there. Right, right. They're going to love it in Japan. They're going to love it in Mexico City. Good yeah. good to help develop those markets. That's what I love about it. Yeah, Nick Swisher, he's a perfect guy. Uh, if I believe in the movie Moneyball, he was a great OPS guy, not a home run hitter. Right? Maybe you just, uh, the, old, the old trick is to have baseballs with the seams wound a little bit tighter so it flies farther. Right. Now, if you're looking for a guy who gets on base in a home run contest, I don't know how you can score that circle. Oh, my gosh. All right, that's going to do it for us. Nolan and Danny, great job today. Uh, Mace, enjoy your time with your parents for another night, and you are only about 72 hours away from North Carolina against the Duke Blue Devils. Otherwise known as Armageddon. Maybe for you. (laughs) Maybe for you. Make it the best possible night you can.